Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Matt Snyder is a friend of the show, MLB writer, former college baseball player, and in a sign of great judgment and true grace, a Cubs fan. Mr. Snyder, good morning, buddy. Hey, man. I thought when, I thought you were going to say I was your friend. That, that was the sign of uh, true good judgment. Sadly, uh, you are my friend, but that puts you in <laughs> a rare category. of the, the Venn diagram on those two things, a true gentleman, man full of grace, and my friend is very thin, Matt. You, you occupy yeah. a small space there small on the old overlap. Yeah. Uh, non-baseball question, no wrong answer. I'm just curious. Uh, do you make time for hard knocks, or are you just too busy watching MLB games? I do not make time for it. I, I don't know why, but it never appealed to me. I'm a big NFL fan. I'm a big Chicago Bears fan. But for some reason, that show has never, ever appealed to me. I have not seen a single episode. I think it's good because that saves you from having to point out yet again how wrong uh, the producer of the show is about something. Um, Aaron Matt, tell yeah, I dude, I thought the show was great, and and uh, Tom hated it and wants it wants it to be basically a race oh, okay. from the internet. Yeah, he wants he's like wants hackers to come out and erase it from the internet. I don't know what's going on. Uh, speaking of things that are wrong, I, I know this is not a new story, but the Angels did not move on from Shohei Otani at the trade deadline. Proceeded to lose fifty eight games in a row or whatever it was. Finally yeah. won last night. So I know hindsight's twenty twenty. What was your perspective on on? the Angels' decision to stand pat with Shohei when it went down, and what is your view now with the benefit of some time? So so when it happened, they were – it depended on when you looked at it, two and a half, three, three and a half out of a playoff spot. And it, it, my view was, first of all, you can never, ever, ever sell when you're two and a half, three games out of a playoff spot. That would be foolish. Uh, secondly, Shohei Otani is basically like two players, right? He's an ace and one of the best hitters in the league. So why would you trade your two best players if you're two and a half or three games out? Another circumstance to that was word is that he would not sign with the Angels no matter what if they traded him. At least if they held on to him, they would have a chance to re-sign him. Now, the, the, the sentiment has been that they have to make the playoffs in order for him to stay, so they're probably going to lose him now at this point. But – we didn't know that necessarily at the time. And again, if you're two and a half out, I think you need to try to build around him, make the playoffs, convince him to re-sign, and line all that up. The other thing is uh, the kind of trade package you're going to get back for him, we're not talking about like the Herschel Walker building a Dallas Cowboys dynasty type trade. <laughs> we go through – Baseball America actually did a study the day of the trade deadline, and they, they released it. And on the big-time trade packages, you're talking like a superstar goes and four prospects come back, about a fourth of them stuck in the majors. That's not a great rate when you're trading Shohei Otani. So knowing all those things, I would hold him. Now, 
the people who said they should have traded him all along, they look pretty good right now because of that losing streak. Yeah, Matt Snyder, it's interesting because yourself included, we have had a lot of very smart baseball people on this show who literally make their living supporting their families, thinking about baseball and thinking a lot about Shohei Otani. And there's been such a broad range of perspective, right? Often we have NBA people on, like myself. We have NFL people on. We have college football people on. We have baseball people on. Whatever the topic of the day is, there tends to be fairly universal agreement, not on this one. Does that just speak to how difficult, right, whatever was right or wrong, how difficult a choice the Angels faced? Absolutely. And, and it's, I mean, I, I could totally be wrong. If we somehow had a time machine and go back, go back and could have the Angels trade him and, and maybe they get back five top 100 prospects and every single one of them becomes a superstar, well then, yeah, of course they should have. I just don't think the package is going to be that big, but I can't prove it. So if anybody wants to disagree with me, feel free and my feelings won't be hurt. Uh, Matt Snyder on the show. Matt, it's not often we have you on and ask you about a, a baseball broadcaster, but this Kevin Brown thing has just gone so viral with, with the Orioles. And I'll, I'll be honest, I had I was busy. I was doing something for our employer, CBS Sports, a CBS Sports HQ thing that was taking up a lot of time. So I'd seen it on my timeline, whatever, a day or two ago. Hadn't Didn't know what was happening. And finally I thought, okay, the guy said something stupid. I got He got suspended. He's going to get fired. I hate watching these things because I hate watching people's careers end. So I'll just watch the clip. So I click on the clip. It's whatever how long it is. I watch it. I think I must have missed it, so I start over. I watch it again, Kevin Brown doing a pregame before a, a game in Miami. I'm so confused, I finally click on the link, and then I realize, oh, he got suspended for nothing. I was so baffled, because I, I was waiting for him to say something. Uh, what do you make, let's just start here, what do you make of just how big of a story this has become? I, I'm happy that it has, and I hope that, I, I know that we're in the, the polarized, day and age of, of fans versus media. And I know that a lot of the times w- when people see media members rallying again, uh, around each other, like all the play-by-play guys, there were five, six, seven play-by-play guys who on air stood up for Kevin Brown and said how much the Angelos family should be embarrassed. And they should, by the way. But I think a lot of times fans' eyes kind of gloss over, like, yeah, of course media is going to take care of their own. But I don't think I've seen a single fan who watched the clip uh, take anybody's side except Kevin Brown's because all he did was literally state a fact that the Orioles had lost however many they'd lost against the Rays before that series, but now they're turning it around because they were beating up on the Rays. It was actually a positive for the 2023 Orioles. If anything, he was building up where they are right now. And instead, uh, I mean, the more, more and more reports come out and the more and more it, uh, apparently – uh, Kyle Bradish was one of the guys, but in like 2020, the broadcasters weren't even allowed to say how the Orioles acquired some guys because they had traded Manny Machado and Kevin Gossman to get some of these guys. And so they weren't allowed to tell the fans how the team acquired these guys because then it would be admitting that they sold two superstars in their prime. Um, it's an embarrassing, embarrassing look for the Angelos family. But, I mean, that's been going on since the 90s. Do you think, I mean, yeah, I know we don't know, but does Kevin Brown just, when he returns, just go on the air and do his thing like nothing happened? Is that is that for the now, best case probably, scenario? Because, well, for now, probably, because he, he's relatively new in, in the gig that he has. Uh, he's not, let's say, Joe Buck, 
where he's in the financial situation where he can just say, screw you, I'm out. He probably still needs to keep making money, at least for the rest of this year. Then maybe he can look for another job if another play-by-play job opens up. Um, it's it's an interesting situation, but he's not at the point in his career uh, where I think I, I don't think he can start blazing bridges. So I think that he will probably go back and just do his job like nothing ever happened. And surely, surely the Orioles will have enough self-awareness to not punish him again for reading a graphic off the screen. One would hope. It, I mean, look, the whole thing, Matt Snyder, is so fascinating, as we talk about here on CBS Sports Radio. And I think it would be fascinating if, if, if these guys were 37 and 78 like the Kansas City Royals. But, as you know, they are 70 and 43. Yeah. They have one of the best records in all of baseball. And so it's such a weird – the timing of it. So let's just talk about the baseball team and the distraction they, they didn't need. How yeah. good is Baltimore and how did they get here? They're very good. Um, they completely bottomed out. They actually had one of the worst runs in baseball history. I mean, it's if you talk about 115 losses, that's historically bad. They did that in 2018. In 2019, they lost 108. In 2021, they lost 110. For three straight full seasons, that's the most losses in baseball history. So it was completely bottomed out. They built it from the, the ground level up. Another part of that is Michael Elias came, the, the Orioles general manager, came from the Astros. And another thing they do is is they find ways to make pitchers the best versions of themselves, whether it was Charlie Morton when they made him into an all-star, whether it was Garrett Cole when they made him from a very good pitcher into Garrett Cole. It was Justin Verlander looking like he was in his age-related decline and no, wait, yo, he's going to win two more Cy Young. Uh, The Orioles have started to tap into that with some guys like Felix Bautista. Of course, he got tagged for the game-winning grand slam last night by the Astros at the top of the night. Uh, but Yannir Cano, uh, they've made uh, you know Dean Kramer into a very good version of himself. Kyle Bradish has been great. I, I think they're going to – look, it looks like Jack Flaherty. They got him from the Cardinals. He's only made one start. It looks like they are going to try to figure out how to make him into an ace. They're amazing at that. Offensively, they're so much fun. Uh, they're, they're tough outs. Adley Rushman's a budding superstar. I think Gunnar Henderson's going to be a star. Uh, I can't say enough about the way they've built this thing, and it's a shame that Angelos has overshadowed this nonsense, uh, this team with this kind of nonsense, because they truly don't deserve it. They deserve only positive attention. Matt, it's interesting. You brought up how bad they were, and you mentioned some of the guys that, that are part of that farm system, and we all lean on our personal experiences. Back in my writing about baseball days and going to spring training, it was the Royals, and so I was there for the teardown. I had moved on to L.A. and, and Fox Sports before the Royals, that plan came to fruition under Dayton Moore, where they made a World Series, and the next year, if I memory serves, won. But with the Royals, when I covered that team a little bit, with the Orioles, we, we've seen examples. There are ways to tear down, right, and, and yeah. go through some pain and have some success. Florida's done it over the years, Miami. But you can't do it if you're the Yankees. You can't do it if you're no. the Red Sox. Both those teams, and look, I don't want to get it twisted. The Yankees and the Red Sox, it's not like they're 11 games under 500, right? They are they are, they are are better than 500 baseball teams in a really tough division. But when you look at what Baltimore has, Tampa Bay's tradition of being really, really good in terms of how they manage their team and it's a smaller market, Toronto's always in the mix and they're, they're, they're good. What does the sort of short-medium term look like for you for the Yankees and the Red Sox? I, I think that at least the Yankees, maybe the Red Sox too, need to – build things in a drastically different way. Um, and, and I'm talking about 
the, the, the system of development. It's not just, hey, we have to get the number one overall draft pick, you know, if you're the Orioles, because they did get Adley Rushman. But most of the other big-name guys I got, they got a little bit later in the draft, and they've done an incredible job developing them. There's something in the player development with the Yankees that's kind of missing. You know, it's you hit Judge, but look, Judge was going to hit anywhere. Uh, maybe Anthony Volpe pans out. Maybe uh, Jason Dominguez, who is in the minors right now, pans out. But it's not like it's that deep of a farm system where it's like the Orioles, uh, where, where five of their top ten prospects could fail, and they're still going to be stacked. Uh, the Orioles just haven't built that kind of prospect depth. The Red Sox, again, not, not nearly as much. The Red Sox problem's a little bit more on the cheap end. Um, in terms of like trading Mookie Betts because you didn't want to trade because you didn't want to pay him that huge contract and uh, letting Xander Bogarts walk. Now they did build around Rafael Devers. They decided to extend him, but I think the Red Sox could seem to act like they're the Red Sox and spend a little bit more money. Um, and the Yankees, and it's not necessarily that they could spend a little more, um, but it's more on the player development side. But both, you know, you look at with the Orioles and Blue Jays especially, the Rays always find a way. It seems like it's going to be tough sledding for both the Yankees and the Red Sox for the next few years. All right, Matt, Sarah, I could do this all day. I'll do one more. I know you have stuff to do. Uh, the Cubs have been on a bit of a tear. You and I once hung out at a World Series that the Cubs played in. What do you want to do this time around when we're hanging out at Wrigley Field together in October? <laughs> just the same thing, man. You know, yeah. just, I mean, look. They're on a run right now. They look pretty good. I, obviously, the National League, the Braves and Dodgers are much better. But you know what? The, the Braves won the World Series two years ago, and they had the least number of wins out of any playoff team. So, hey, it could happen. Uh, Matt Snyder, my friend, as always, great having you on the program. Appreciate the insight, buddy. I hope those Cubbies can squeak in so we can be texting and talking about a little, little Cubs playoff run. Absolutely. As always, pal, appreciate you. And check out Hard Knocks. Don't let Tom tell you otherwise. It's entertaining if you're bored. All right. Uh, will do. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 